Welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I'm of course your host. I've got a pretty exciting episode for you today ladies and gents. We're doing an Irish cricket special with some interviews featuring Laura Delaney, current women's captain of Ireland, and Niall O'Brien, former Irish wicketkeeper, now turned commentator extraordinaire. If you're hanging out for our regular episode, Chris and I will be posting the standard app covering off in the Sri Lankan victory well, our victory over Sri Lanka, should I say, and uh, the end of the Australian summer. That'll probably be in your feeds on Sunday, folks. But in the meantime, uh, we interviewed these two wonderful cricketers over the last couple of days, and I had such a great time with it. I just wanted to put it up and get it out to you, folks. So let's get straight into it. Um, We started with Laura Delaney, who's the current Irish women's captain. She's an all-rounder, as mentioned, and I had a little surprise for her. So we were both a bit nervous at the start of this. We really haven't done many interviews before on Two For None, so we were all sort of feeling it out, but uh, quickly she found the surprise that we had in store to be pretty exciting. So let's crack into it, folks. Here's Laura Delaney uh, chatting with myself. And now on Two For None, we're very pleased to welcome the women's cricket captain of Ireland. It's Laura Delaney. Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the show. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, mate, absolute pleasure. Um, and hey, I've got some exciting news for you. I've, I'm, I'm shanghaiing you slightly here, but we actually have a women's cricket correspondent on this show who's a good friend of yours, um, none other than Heidi Cheadle, and she's sitting in the ah! chair next to me. That's my little oh my God, nugget. Legend. Yeah, here she How is. How are you, man? How are you? Good. Congrats on the recent T20 um, win and also player of the match. Well done, pal. Oh, thanks, man. But stop trying to drag that focus away from you. Come on. <laughs> you love it. Laura, she's been trying to avoid the fact that she's a gun on this podcast. Um, I've been talking her up immensely, but uh, is that is that your impression of Hyde's as well? Oh, absolutely. And she actually played, I don't know if Heidi tells you, but Heidi actually played for the um, Typhoons, which is my team back in Dublin, our domestic league. Um, and she did a brilliant job there as well. So absolutely talk oh, her up. She's a big one. <laughs> Keep going. No, stop. <laughs> That's wonderful, mate. That's really cool. And hey, Laura, what are you doing down in Melbourne at the moment, mate? I am actually playing for um, Dandenong Cricket Club um, along with Kim Garth, who is my vice captain for Ireland. Amazing, amazing. You've been doing okay? Taking a few wickets, getting a few runs? Um, look, um, I... <laughs> there was a lot of pause there, Laura. There was a lot of pause there, pal. Oh, God. There was a lot Played of pause. I have played um, <laughs> about four games. So I... Yeah, look, the team are doing really well, but I still have a lot of work to do and I'm trying to settle in and hopefully the best is yet to come. So, But um, yeah. how's the, I mean, you're quite injury prone. How's how's all that working up? Is that working against you right now? Um, do you know, so far at Touchwood, um, I've been okay and I've been quite fortunate. Um, I've had access to loads of brilliant coaching out here, but also um, SNCs and physios. So I've been well looked after and yeah, so far so good on the injury front. Oh, that's nice to hear they're looking after you. I have to kick some yeah, A otherwise. 
<laughs> come out, come at me. She'd do it too, man. Hard to be down there in a shot, just throwing punches. Sorry, I can't believe Heidi, you're actually <laughs> on this podcast. What an absolute surprise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to tell you, Laura, and I was like, you know what? It'd be so much more fun if I just straight up surprise her. Um, yeah, she'll never absolutely. see it coming. It'll be very, it'll be entertaining for me, at least. And I figure if it's entertaining for me, it'll be entertaining for the oh, listeners. I think that's a win. <laughs> Hi, it's good on you for keeping a secret. I wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> Another one of my talents. She's a talented woman, our Heidi Cheadle. She's just got it all going on. Um, we're gonna have to get you to Sydney, and we'll do a we'll do another one when we're all in the same room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you're ever in Sydney, Laura, do let us know. We, we we'll get you on the pod, mate. Uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to um, get as many other voices, especially female voices, on the podcast as possible because there's a lot of yeah. blokes, Laura. As you can imagine, there's a lot of blokes. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Well, that's just how I feel about it. Um, hey, Laura, can you tell me about uh, how you guys went at the Women's World T20 last year? I knew that, that was a big tournament for you guys, um, and there's been a lot of change since. But I, I, I'm just thinking back, especially that game against Pakistan, which I know was a devastating one for you, and, and how sort of um, Irish women's cricket has changed since then. Yeah, look, we went into the World Cup with an open mind. We... We played in the qualifiers and came out second against Bangladesh, but we'd also beaten Bangladesh at home in a home series just a couple of months before. So going into the World Cup, we were pretty confident. We had also beaten Sri Lanka, which is the first time we've ever beaten Sri Lanka um, in no, a warm-up game. No, feel there, by the by. We just beat them today. Yeah. So, woo! Um, <laughs> I'd in the West Indies. So going into the tournament, we... We knew we would have a few tough games, but we were also pretty confident and happy with where we were at as a team. Pakistan was obviously our main target. They were ranked a couple of teams ahead of us. Um, so naturally, that was the game that we were going to go after. And unfortunately, yeah, we just didn't we didn't play the way that we wanted to. Um, it was a golden opportunity that we let go. And I think that was probably the most disappointing thing was because we knew had we all played out of our skin that day that the result would have been completely different but I suppose that's also cricket and that's the way that it goes um, and then at the end of the tournament we had four players retire and Bloody hell. so yeah I suppose yeah I know but that's that's that was huge. a surprise that was a surprise I may have known one or two and then when it was four I was just like what I know yeah yeah it was a shock for a lot of the girls on the how, team how was the was, like morale around that like I saw you know when they're walking out for their last game it was quite maybe emotional would be the word but how was it out there with them and and how was it after the fact yeah it was emotional but only so Seal and Isabel hadn't actually announced the retirement to the team at that stage so only a couple of us knew and um, so it really hit home after we played that game we all got into a huddle um, and Seal and Izzy announced the retirement then oh my God. and yeah pretty emotional That's for the wild, rest of the group. yeah yeah it is yeah Imagine so, yeah, but I, such I, a hole in your side too, mate. Like losing all those caps, losing that, that experience in the field, um, trying to reset after that. Like for you as the skipper, must must have taken a lot of... I mean, it must have taken the wind out of your sails for a bit and then you must have had to spin on a dime to figure out where to next. Yeah, yeah. And I think the fact that as a team we're all so close and you lose people that you're really close to as well off the pitch... Um, and when you realise that they're not going to be in the changing room with you going forward, that is a big hit. But look, we had a good trip um, in Antigua. Um, the side have had a bit of a break now and we've had time to kind of adjust to the fact that the team is going to change going forward and it frees up 
four spots now for other players to put their hands up and, and come into the team. Which is always great. We love a bit of opportunity, I don't we, that. Hides? I love that. Open the door. Let me walk in it. And <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get you an Irish passport. Lol. <laughs> Don't even tempt her, Laura. Don't even tempt yeah. her, mate. She's been she's been just using the whole pod to try and get herself on various teams around the world. So I think hides a jump at the chance so to far, get over there. So far, we've got no offers. <laughs> um, but you you only lose when you stop trying. So Patrick, can I ask, are you Irish? Uh, I wish. Um, I wish, really? Laura. I look gratuitously Irish. I am. I'm very, very ginger, and my last name is Cullen. So. I did see that in your profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with the, with the name Patrick. I thought maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, mate. Like, there's. A, I was very. I went to Ireland when I was 18 for the first time, and I was just kind of hoping that I'd present my Australian passport at the gate, and they'd be like, "Don't worry, don't worry, mate. Here you go. Have a new one." Um, but they didn't, which was very sad. I did get a lot of beer bought for me in Irish pubs, oh though, my God. Um, because. So- Ireland people from Ireland couldn't believe that I was Australian looked like I do <laughs> and that my name was Paddy yeah. Cullen that just like blew people's faces off oh my god so basically yeah I need to go back to Ireland with you yeah yeah I'm a great guy to go to Ireland that's what I was asking I thought maybe game time yeah look switch hemispheres for the pod it's the only place in the world where I get asked for directions um <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah click on your accent and yeah, away you go it's amazing actually fake it till you all make these it. Americans come up to me and ask me for directions and I get gratuitously Australian at them I'm just like nah sorry <laughs> right. mate can't help you no idea oh my gosh you should have absolutely helped them yeah it would have been funny <laughs> wouldn't it I could have just put on an it Irish accent be. and give them terrible advice just go north always <laughs> yeah. north always north just keep going north you dude. Irish you work in your north and south <laughs> yeah. I'm like up left right I don't know north I definitely don't know south don't even get me started on west or east give me a left give me a right Hides, you know the northern end from the southern end at a pinch pal you Man. put it on a cricket field and you'll be sweet yeah but who's gonna tell me to move north three steps yeah like, I mean, that's, that's a great point just, just walk that way <laughs> no time for it hey laura winding back to that um wt20 how was it lining up against the australian team uh was that one of the most intimidating moments of your life because i know that i'd be scared and just before you answer, I did see you do the toss on television. I was so proud. Uh, thanks, Lloyd. I was like, oh, girl, um, win it, win it. <laughs> no, but I actually had a clean sweep of tosses, four to four, which is a first for me. So oh, pretty good happy in. That. Get in. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it intimidating? Um, not really. We've played Australia at home before. Um, I think what was probably slightly more daunting was the fact that it was on TV because that's the first time we've played on any of our games have been televised. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that would probably be that was more daunting than actually playing the side. And always Perry just bowling thunderbolts at your nose. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't bowl any of those. Great. Good. That was nice of her. That's very kind of her, actually. Yeah. Um, does the TV change it? Does um, playing cricket when you're on television change how you approach the game or does it change the way the game works? No, definitely not. But I think it was an experience for all of us. Um, and because there's so much, so many other things going on at the ground, these interviews before and after, I think trying to get used to that was um, a new experience and challenge for some of us. Yeah, sure. Whereas normally you just rock up and you play and that's it and you go home. Whereas there are so many other things going on that trying to stay focused and not get distracted. I think that's a that was a new challenge for us. Yeah. And how, how was it having, I mean, I saw a lot of parents and a lot of people around cricket 
um, for you guys like sort of fly over. So that would have been nice to sort of look to the stands and, and know that they're physically there behind you. Oh, absolutely. Because I suppose gearing up towards the World Cup, everything's aimed at the World Cup. And then you get there and suddenly it's a, it's a whole new ball game. And to have people from back home to just bring you back down to earth and remind, and remind you that it's just a game is really refreshing. So, yeah, we were really fortunate that parents and friends came out and supported us. And they were a great banter on the last night as well. Yeah, oh, I, I reckon that. that last night would have been 10 out of 10. Oh, my gosh, it was carnage. Can I say that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man absolute carnage look I've always wanted to go to the West Indies and oh, watch some cricket oh, I, it's, was, it's been a big dream of mine I would have loved to be there um, oh, so yeah, it, it must have been an incredible place to play an incredible place to go and just have a couple of brews post game Laura it must have been delightful for a party as well it was on the last night absolutely brilliant yeah it did look bloody hot though like when you guys were all batting you just your forearms just looked like you'd slip off them <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a good description. Well, um, specifically, I was just like, yeah, that's you just so good. Although, do you know what? I'm yesterday we played. Um, we played out in Ringwood, and it was like 39, 40 degrees. And yeah. I thought playing in the West Indies was the hardest that I've, the toughest conditions I've played in up until yesterday. I think the West Indies, the humidity, that was quite difficult to deal with. But yesterday, that dry heat, um. Yeah, I think Australia will probably be tough conditions as well if we qualify for the next World Cup. So, and mate, speaking of that, what does the uh, the next couple of months look like for you guys? What's 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 next? What's coming up on your radar? Um, unfortunately, we don't have any fixtures locked in at the moment. I know Cricket Ireland are in talks with other nations about home fixtures this summer, but. I don't know if they've been confirmed, so I'm actually not too sure as to whether or not I I can announce them. Sure. Um, but yeah, hopefully teams traveling over to the UK um, will potentially have fixtures against them. We do have the qualifiers either the end of our summer, so the end of August, or October, November. Um, yeah, the location has been it has to be decided. Yeah, so we don't know where that will be, but. We do know we have the qualifiers at the end of this year. So Great, man. That gives you something to work towards. And are you going to play a bit of yeah. cricket in Australia until the end of our season yeah. here? Are you heading over to the yeah. UK to play after that? Um, no, I'm not. I'm straight back to Dublin um, after, yeah, I think I have five weeks left here and then back home to Dublin. So in a short stint. So sad. Oh, Very. Hides. Come back to Sydney. Do it. I, I would love to come back <laughs> to Sydney. It. I miss you guys. I miss Gordon and the banter. Gordon's the greatest. I don't even know what suburb you play in, but Gordon's better. <laughs> no disrespect. Speaking no, of that, too, Laura, been incredible. do you find that there's a big connection between uh, Irish cricket and Australian cricket? Do you find that there's a bit of a link there? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah, I think between Gordon and um, some of the teams in Dublin, obviously Heidi played in Dublin, um, myself and Shauna Kavner, who also plays on the Irish team, were involved in Gordon a couple of years ago. And Sophie McMahon, another player from Dublin, is over in Sydney. And then there are four of us um, from Dublin over here in Melbourne at the moment. So, yeah, a lot of players, I think it's becoming a trend now that a lot of players are, are going over to Australia to play during our winter. It's a beautiful and I suppose, trend. 
Beautiful Absolutely. <laughs> Just delightful. Couldn't think of anywhere else to be. Couldn't think of it. Winter. Wouldn't even dare. It's Mines has no vested in interest in here yeah, as well. I'm not equipped for minus two. I don't even know what that means. No, it's, yeah, so. And also, delightful. speaking of the whole connection, the ultimate connection might be one Australian getting citizenship and making their debut at the World Cup. So how how is that for Celeste? So a fellow spoon, fellow typhoon from, from Dublin, she came over from Tasmania uh, last year and, and played in Ireland and then got selected for the World Cup. So Dells, how, was, how did that go? Like, was that just, did she have a great time? Was she just like, I can't even imagine how great that would be for her, like stepping out yeah. onto a World Cup field. Yeah, absolutely. She obviously played... Um, for Tasmania and for the Hobart Hurricanes and quite a tough decision for her but she decided to come and play for Ireland which means she was no longer available to play for the Hobart Hurricanes Um, she came away with us to the World Cup which was her first trip um, with Ireland and she made her debut she played a couple of games but yeah it was brilliant to have her in the setup and I think she's going to play a big part in Irish cricket going forward she's a brilliant attitude and she does yeah I she's an absolutely delightful human she is she is and that's what you want in a team someone who's going to work hard and play for one another so love that Laura love that and and mate I actually I actually ended up getting put in touch with you and uh Neil as well um thanks to uh Craig Easdown at, at Cricket Island who corrected me after Heidi and I did our first episode and let us know that some of the girls in the Irish women's side debuted at 13 not 14 um and I guess I just wanted to know how that happened and where you find these talented girls that come out and play for Ireland at such a young age I know it's crazy it's wild dude it is absolutely it's crazy um, I suppose at 13 I don't know I was still in school you guys were probably still in school but yeah oh, Gabby most Lewis people and... are still in school at 13 <laughs> there buddy <laughs> totally fair um, I know Lucy O'Reilly spent four weeks with the Irish team in Bangladesh when she was 13 made her debut um, and slotted in straight away and she's probably along with Gabby Lewis who also made her debut at 13 um, our two old heads in our Irish team yet they're wow. still incredibly young so yeah they're fast tracked and only 17 and 19 at the moment um, but have a lot of caps between the pair of them so it's unreal really impressive they're also legend human beings so they've kind of grown up which is probably a testament to your team as well being in that slightly older environment and kind environment, of yeah, traveling yeah. and being and living and doing like it's it's yeah. really great culture I'm, it's it's so good so so good hi i love it hides of course isn't trying to get herself a a ticket over there you know oh absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) oh dear we're just trying to find her an irish man to pair up with well that's it mate that's it make a few calls that's where i thought you could come in oh (laughs) yeah i know or i know i could have stepped up the plate i got the wrong bloody passport unfortunately mate i'm useless there um, hey, Laura, we better let you go, man. But thank you so much for joining us in the pod. Really, really kind of you to lend us your time. And, um, yeah, really nice to chat to you, dude. Really appreciate it. All the best the rest of the year. We love you. Thank you so much for having me. And what an amazing surprise for having Heidi. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Mill, for having me. And best of luck for the rest of the Go get him this season, man. Go get him. <laughs> you too. You're you a too champion. What are you? <laughs> You're a champion. What are you? <laughs> A champion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Laura. See you, mate.
Folks, if that's not some wholesome content, I don't know what is. Two good friends talking cricket with 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 me. Uh, also there, uh, occasionally making jokes. Sounds like two for none. Um, <laughs> folks, uh, let's crack into our second interview of the pod. So, um, Niall O'Brien is a former wicketkeeper for Ireland. He's played a bunch of ODIs um, and has been around the Irish cricket scene for a really long time. He's currently commentating over in the Bangladesh Premier League um, and... And with, you can actually hear the sounds of the BPL going on behind him. He was actually just having to head back into the com box. So uh, thank you to Niall for making the time to speak to us. And Chris and I had a great time chatting to him. So let's crack into it, folks. I started out by asking him about how the BPL is going. And um, he gave me a pretty solid rundown. Um, no, we saw that um, Davey Warner was running rampant in the uh, in the BPL a little while ago, mate, but we haven't heard much about the BPL since. Um, can you give us a bit of an update? What's been going on over there? Yeah, well, tonight is a big game. Zaka are playing wrong four riders, which is effectively uh, a knockout game, semi-final. Um, they're two very, very strong sides. Zaka with Shaki Balasan, Andre Russell, uh, Kyron Pollard, and uh, wrong four riders with people like Chris Gale. Uh, Mashabir Mortaza. So, yeah, finals are Friday evening. Uh, this knockout semi-final just about to start in about, 20, about 25 minutes or so. Yeah, all go packed house here in Mirpur. Wonderful occasion. And uh, it's been a very good competition. Lots of good games. Uh, super over. Lots of close games. Some wonderful fielding. And uh, local bowlers actually really sort of four in terms of top wicket takers, which is nice to see. Oh, mate, love that. Love to see some local talent um, kicking some butt. And uh, how's that Chris Gale and uh, AB de Villiers? Those boys must have been exciting to watch. Yeah, AB was uh, playing beautifully, but he, he's gone home now. He was only he was only playing six games, so he's gone home. Uh, Chris Gale has been a little bit quiet by his usual kind of high standards. A couple of, a couple of kind of decent scores, but uh, yet, to, yet to fire. So I think if, if wrong four riders are to win this tournament... They're going to need him to really step up and, and get a big score tonight and uh, potentially on the Friday, of, on the final of Friday. So, uh, yeah, it's been a good tour. Very good players, uh, big icon players around the world choosing the BPL over other competitions, which is a uh, great credit to the tournament. Absolutely. Um, so, no, it's, it's Chris here, mate. And um, we want to, we're, we're a well-researched program here at Two For None. And... Um, We've done our research and we're going to hit you with a hard-hitting question first. We noticed that, <laughs> we, we noticed that uh, you have uh, a, a bowling strike rate in first-class cricket of nine and uh, best figures of one for four, um, but you're primarily known as a wicketkeeper. So we were just wondering if you could tell us about the two batsmen that you, that you got out and, and why you don't bowl a bit more. <laughs> well, one of, the, <laughs> one of the batsmen, I don't know who he is, to be honest with you. I don't know who he is, the batsman he played for. I think it was Cambridge University or Oxford University. I got him out, clean bowls, kept a little bit oh. low, truth be told. And um, and the set, my my second wicket was actually a test a test cricketer. Oh, get out of here! Yo, international cricketer, for, international cricketer for the West Indies. I got him out in a first class game, Ireland against Jamaica. A little man called Carlton Bow, ex wicketkeeper, known as Half Man. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Nothing like it. Nothing like a wicket and a tail to go with it as well, mate. Fantastic. I love the fact that he was named Half Man there. A bit of a reference to the old... Well, he's, about, he's, about, he's, about four, yeah, he's about four foot tall, so uh, <laughs> that's why he's called Half Man. 
No, what are you bowl, mate? What were you out there? Were you hooping in innies? Were you chucking down some off breaks? I would, I would best describe my bowling as a poor man's Chris Harris. <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. <laughs> uh, did you walk the ball down there yourself, mate? Little off the, little, little, little off the wrong foot, off the wrong foot, uh, kind of slower balls and, and even slower balls. So, uh, yeah, not, not, nothing to write home about. Oh, fantastic. I, I love that. No. I'm a, I'm a bit in the same boat, mate. I, I'm, I'm a, a very average cricketer, but I, I was Chris and I were down the nets a little while ago, and I could swear that I, uh, I sent down a particularly good delivery and nicked him off behind, and uh, he didn't go anywhere. Let me tell you. And I understand you had a bit of a similar situation with Brian, Brian Lara, mate. That he, that he bloody nicks one, smashed one, and didn't want to I go did. anywhere. Yeah, I did. Well, listen. First of all, to replies to your situation and Aussies never walk so there we go they wouldn't even walk they wouldn't even walk <laughs> to get the bus he'll show me he didn't he didn't walk down the nets in your office but um, um, yeah Brian yeah he schnicked, he was schnicked off by a fellow Australian actually Trent Johnson who was the Ireland captain and uh, nicked him off I, I kind of tumbled away to my left hand side took a nice little low catch and uh, the umpire kind of gave it the old listen they're here to see Brian Lara but not you, we can keep young man. That kind of story. Unbelievable. And um, and I gave him a bit. I gave him a bit of a surf. He fell, Brian Charles Lara, and uh, he didn't appreciate that, and he walked down the wicket, pointing his bat in my face. So, oh. Uh, and then I told him where to go, and uh, it didn't end too well because he got 120 and uh, <laughs> pumped us all around Belfast. At least, at least you got a word in oh, mate. That's mate, the main that's, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've got to know him very well down the years. So. Uh, Maybe he, maybe I made an impression on him one way or the other. <laughs> I'm sure you did, not. He strikes me as the sort of character that makes impressions on folks all over the joint, mate. That you just can't help doing that. That's it. I do. I, I, well, um, I, people don't forget me when they meet me. Put it that way. Good or bad. These are uh, unforgettable, mate. Um, obviously, Ireland played their first test this year in May against uh, Afghanistan, but. Um, uh, I just want to take you back a little bit further, if I can, to uh, St. Patrick's Day in 2007. Oh, yeah, good. Um, I, can't, I, can't obviously, <laughs> I imagine that, I mean, for those who don't know, uh, uh, that was uh, the day that uh, Ireland famously defeated uh, uh, Pakistan in, at uh, 2007 World Cup in Jamaica. And uh, our very own good friend of the show, uh, Niall, uh, man of the match, mate. And uh, it's often regarded as a, a seminal moment in, in Irish cricket. You can't remember much about the night, but can you, can you tell us much about the game itself? Yeah, the game itself. It was a yeah, interesting game, really. To be fair, we um, we woke up and it was a very obviously St Patrick's Day, and uh, it was a very Irish morning. It was quite dark outside. There was a little bit of drizzle in the air. It just felt like being back in Dublin, to be honest with you. Even though we were in Jamaica, and um, <laughs> got to the got to the ground, and the groundsman pulled the covers off, and we thought. Wow, this is like being. This is literally like being in Ireland. The, the wicket. I've never seen a wicket as green in my life. Yeah, right. And um, we just knew. We just thought. We just said to the captain, "There's no, no pressure, but you have to win the toss." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he did. He he obliged, and he won the toss. And um, we stuck them in, and we actually played out of our skin. We were we bowled them out for 132, I think. And we gave them. We gave them over thirty extra, so we should have bowled them out for about ninety, really. To be honest with you, we're, if we're being hyper, if we're being hypercritical, and then uh, it wasn't exactly a straightforward run chase, but I managed to get a few out of middle, and uh, I should have really seen at home. I was playing nicely on seventy-two, and I just hit a massive six, and I got a bit carried away, and 
had a bit of a Julio moment and tried to hit another one out of them. Got stumped, got stumped by the eight yards as I dived back in and I saw the bales get taken off and I was lying on my face in the mud as it were. Had to trot off. Oh, no, devastating, mate. Some really good bowlers in that attack too. Umar Gul was there, Mohamed Sami. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean... It was, was very good. As, as Mahmoud was playing, yeah, they were, they were a proper team to be fair and uh, we... We caught them, their confidence was low, I think, and we caught them on a, on a bit of a, yeah, we got, caught them off guard a little bit. I think they were probably a little bit um, overconfident, you know, playing the, the little boys from Ireland. No one really knows much about them, but uh, we certainly we certainly took full advantage. And, uh, yes, yeah, it's kind of a game that set up the kind of next 10, 12 years of Irish cricket. So uh, without that win, we probably wouldn't be where we are today, I don't think. And, mate, you obviously played a really pivotal part in that. I mean, the, the one that Chris and I were interested in as well is that a couple of years later, you beat the Poms. And mm. and we love that as Aussies, mate. We, anytime yeah. anybody yeah. beats the Poms, it makes me really happy yeah. in my heart. Um, and it was your younger brother that got the runs there. So I guess in yeah. your mind, um, yeah. which is the most important game there in terms of the history of mm. Irish cricket? Is it is it the older O'Brien with the pivotal 72 <laughs> or the younger with 113? Well, listen, I'd say I'd say the younger 113 is a better innings. You know, <laughs> you know to, get, to, get a, to get 150 balls in the World Cup against England, uh, unbelievable. I think, you know... If we didn't beat Pakistan, we wouldn't have had the four years between those two tournaments. We kind of really excelled and and forged forged ahead. And I don't think if we if we hadn't got to the Super Eights in 07 and got the funding and got the extra fixtures, we might not have been quite as good as we were in 11. But yeah, it's a tough one. Really. I actually think I actually think Ireland's best performance in a World Cup match was beating the West Indies and Nelson in 2015, chasing 323. I think it was a wonderful game of cricket. We that we we played as a whole. It was, wasn't necessarily one one person stand out. It was all all eleven lads chipping in. So I think that was, to be honest with you, I think the Windies win in Nelson twenty fifteen was a better win than both of those other games we mentioned. Is that a, is that a common trait of Irish cricket? You think that they you didn't have you didn't have that bit of information. Uh, no, I didn't, well. mate. You but got is us. that a common trait about Irish <laughs> cricket that you you prefer a run chase? You a bit like Virat Kohli and the Indians and and prefer to chase a target? Yeah, I think so. We, well, in, in, especially in that era, we had the kind of that kind of personnel that um, dealt with pressure very well, um, and we're used to chasing big scores. So I think, I think we preferred chasing. Um, we probably weren't the best side of setting totals. We didn't necessarily read read wickets that well, or read the pitch as well as we could do. So I think we were happy to try and bowl a little medium paces, create some pressure in the middle overs, and then you know know what we've got to chase second dig. Yeah, it's a good tactic, mate, and and it's worked out really well for for Virat. I'm thinking if you're following in his footsteps, you're probably doing all right there. Um, doing all right, doing all right. <laughs> if you're anywhere near as good as Coley, you're going okay. You're doing pretty okay, mate. I reckon. Um, and look, now tell us about that Test match, mate, because it, it, there was so much build up for it. Um, and I know you said in an interview that you didn't think it had happened in your lifetime. Um, mm. And to come away with the result, I mean, you, you didn't get the win, but um, you, obviously that second innings especially was quite exceptional. So, like, just, yeah, yes. give us yeah. a bit of an overview, mate, of how it felt to in the build-up and actually playing that game. Yeah, I think the, the lead of the game was quite frantic, actually, to be fair, because there was so much hype um, and kind of media around the game that, you know, and Ireland's a very small place, and Irish cricket's still very small. So everyone kind of knows everyone. So everyone, everyone you met in your village or your street or town or whatever, or the pub, restaurants, whatever you want to be, they all wanted to have a chat to you about the match that was upcoming. And, and to be honest, 
like the day the day the game was meant to start, I was I probably wasn't ready to play. I was so frazzled and worn out with all the kind of media and chatting to my friends and organising tickets for Tom, Dick, and Harry that came out of the woodwork. When you, you <laughs> haven't spoken to them in twenty eight years, now they want now they want front row seats. And uh, so that first day was actually rained off, which was kind of a blessing in disguise. Actually, so I managed to go back to the hotel and you know, probably after lunch because it was it was raining so hard. And just sit in the room and just chill with chill with my wife and just kind of. Yeah, just do normal things, watch a bit of telly and just kind of read the paper and have, you know, have a have a cup of coffee or tea and just kind of get ready, get myself kind of focused for the for the day two, which was effectively day one. But you're right, we were in the game, you know, fourth innings, day five, had them 40 for four, a couple of drop catches in the slips, could have had them 60 or 70 for six, which would have been, a, you know, a totally different ball game. But the fact that it went down to the wire and they won by five wickets, I thought was a real credit to ourselves and as a team. And obviously Kev with his 100 was out of this world must have been must have been really special for uh, again we, we mentioned your younger brother earlier but to make the first ever irish century must be something really proud for the for the family um we managed to catch a few of your highlights too mate in the sec in in the second dig um some some tasty uh cut shots there is that a favorite shot of yours uh i like no yeah i don't mind a cut i like a leg glance but i tried the leg glance off muhammad amir on my uh off a middle stump got spent like 40 yards <laughs> flying so uh, <laughs> didn't didn't work out too well but no it was good. i didn't get too many runs as as some as some absolute nuffy in club cricket in england told me this summer you only have a test match average of nine you can't be much good so that was that brought me down to earth pretty quick well i'll tell you mate, I'll tell you what mate, <laughs> mate if you just stick about your uh, your test match batting average just reminding your first class bowling average is also nine so you know there's a bit to go on there i should have yeah i should have pretty i should have uh, probably just being quicker off the mark with my response to him but no it was actually funny because the game finished on maybe like a Wednesday or Thursday test match and I was playing club cricket on Saturday and the fella opened the bowling was about 58 years of age bowling about 42 miles an hour and I said after the first over he nearly, he nearly bowled me twice and uh, the wicketkeeper was standing up the stump so I said this I'd rather face Mohammed Amir bowling 92 mile an hour away swingers than this bloody joker isn't it? there we go Mate, it's it's always that though, you know. I'm not sure if it's. A, I'm sure you heard it when you were playing for Mosman, but crap gets wickets, um, and uh, it sounds like that bloke nearly stitched up there. No, um, oh, well, it was it was a it was a interesting afternoon, but you know, got the got the win. <laughs> Good work, mate. Good work. And looking forward, no, uh, Ireland didn't make the World Cup this year, and my condolences Ooh. about that. But there is a test coming up against Afghanistan and India. Um, and yeah. you've had some big retirements yourself, obviously, and a couple yeah, of the other cool. boys. Um, so, look, like, who should we as Australian cricket aficionados be looking out for in Irish cricket? Who are the young up-and-comers that we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, it's a couple of good players, to be fair. Um, there's a young kid called James McCollum, who's uh, he's a right-handed batsman. He's been pretty good in the last couple of years of first-class cricket. Hasn't played for Ireland yet, but he's, he's making all the right noises. I think he's, I think he's a good cricketer that... Could, could really kind of make a mark. Um, the usual stalwarts will be there. Big Boyd Rankin will be steaming all six foot eight of them. He's uh, my brother huge, will be there, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's a big farmer, so big fit farmer. But uh, yeah, there's a couple of young guys. James, Sh- James Shannon's a good batsman, and there's, a, there's actually a um, fellow called James Cameron Dow. He's not very young, but 20, he's 28, but he's a tall left arm spinner who oh. seems to have had a good winter with the with the A team. So. Uh, there's a few new faces and it's a good opportunity. A lot of good cricket and a lot of kind of exposure to international level. And I'm looking forward to sitting in the commentary box, seeing how they do. 
Well, I'll tell you what, mate, we, yeah. are, we are absolutely bloody pumped as well and uh, we're massive fans of Irish cricket now and the more we've learned about your exploits, uh, uh, you know, the more uh, invested we've become. So we can't wait to watch that game and uh, now, now, that I've, now that I've butted you up, um, as, a, as an independent observer, uh, just wondering in terms of the upcoming Ashes series, as an independent observer, uh, what do you think the result's going to be? Hmm, interesting one, really. I'll be, watching, I'll be watching all those games live. I'll be, I'll be working during it. I, I think um, I think England's home advantage is going to be pretty important. You know they're going through a bit of a tough time in in the Windies at the moment, so they need to find some batsmen who are going to bat for periods of time. So I would say the Eng- England bowling is probably their strength, um, but at the same time, Aussie bowling is if the Aussie bowlers can get it right with you know Cummins and and Hazelwood, if he can get himself fit, and Stark seems to be back on song. So. I think it could be a low-scoring Ashes, but I think England might just come out on top. Oh, an, in, an interesting opinion there, mate. We'll, uh, we'll uh, take with a grain of salt, hopefully. But uh, no, no, thanks very much for your time, mate. We we really appreciate it. Um, we know that you've uh, we know that you've spent a bit of uh, time with uh, the Mosman Cricket Club back in the day. Um, there's a chance that one of them might listen to him. Uh, <coughs> we do have some listeners in Sydney. So uh, have you got a, a message you'd like to pass on uh, down south? Well, oh, to all my friends at both Mossman and North Sydney, I hope they're having a good season. My friend is captain of Mossman, uh, Scott Rogers, so I wish them all well. I hope they're staying out of uh, staying out of cargo bar on a Saturday evening and uh, they're like that and uh, just behaving themselves as always. I'm not sure they can promise that, Noel. But, mate, thank you so much for your time. We better let you get back to the com box. Um, no problem at all. Appreciate it. Really appreciate it, mate. All the best for the rest of the season. Take care, boys. Thanks. See you again soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Noel. Bye. What a legend. Uh, thank you so much to Niall O'Brien and to Laura Delaney and as well to Cricket Island, especially Craig Easdown for making this all happen. Um, a really unique thing for us. We've never done uh, interviews on the pod like this before, so it was so much fun to be able to do that and to hear about how Irish cricket has come on so much. Um, and to Laura and, and Niall, if they ever want to come back on, they're more than welcome. Um, we absolutely love that and I hope you did too. Folks, uh, Chris and I will be back with a standard episode wrap Wrapping up the Australian summer on Sunday, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for all your support. We've actually grown the pod. We have doubled our numbers since last year. So if you've been telling your friends about it, if you've been reviewing it, if you've been sharing it on Facebook or Twitter, then please keep doing that. Um, it's really helping us grow. And there's a really good chance that if we keep growing like this, we're actually going to be able to start making some dollars out of this and be able to focus much more of our time on it, which would be awesome so um please keep spreading the word please keep getting it out there and um thank you so much ladies and gentlemen chris and i'll be back on sunday and in the meantime go those away